Welcome, fellow humans. Welcome. Andrew Wilson here, local restaurant industry professional. Welcome to Sacramento RIP, a home for real stories about Sacramento. The fact that you're here tells me something about you, and that is that you have amazing karma. Just mind-blowingly good. I can draw an inference from this as well. You're here. You have great karma. I already like you. People I like, people like you, are the ones who make this show possible. It is my sincere hope that you enjoy today's conversation. Welcome to Podcast with Andrew. This is dope. And Tesh. <laughs> this feels so uh, surreal. We've been talking about doing this for so long. It has and, been. No, and, totally. And But now I'm so excited that we're doing it. And then when you were like, hey, let's pick a day. Yeah. I was like, yeah, let's, yeah. let's pick a day. Well, see, we've been experimenting, though, because you've been doing your streaming for sure, which right. is not the same, but it's also in the same the same vein it's you know? in the same vein you know i i definitely could use i mean you you this is a professional setup like mine is hey man i got a laptop i got some headphones i got you know totally. some, some basic things and we just made it work uh which is is on the on that on that front it's interesting like we've hit a year now um that's awesome man the, a year you. is a year is yeah it's real especially this last year yeah seriously so for those of you for if, if we do end up posting this for those of you who are listening i've had a, a one-year anniversary for my business wine with tash.com um and uh it's it's kind of surreal that uh i've been running a business for a year and now also a psalm again in, in, a, in a dining room which is right setter club correct yes so yeah back Back in back in your suits, baby. It's you, you look good. Actually, in the, you yeah, look good in a suit, bro. Like, I, I look good in it. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I do look good in it. But the, <laughs> but the funny thing is, that I it comes with all the things that that go with the restaurant. I like my my. I, apparently, I went from having arthritis in my feet to like having severe arthritis. Oh shit! Yeah, no, that shit sucked, man. I got another cortisone shot. And, oh, dude. And I got one in in June. For other issues, but now like the side of my foot is flaring Fuck. up, and uh, I went to my podiatrist, and they were like, "Yeah, man, you just got like old ass man feet." <laughs> Fuck, you got to pay for that, uh huh? You pay for that advice? Yeah, you yeah, know, man, no, hey, you old bro. Hey, man, you look good, but it comes with some consequences. I you got know? talking about arthritis. Like I had shoulder pain, and I went to the doctor. And they got an X-ray. He's like, "No, you like this is when I was like thirty, late thirties. Like, no, you already have a little arthritis in your shoulder." It's not bad if I exercise. If I don't exercise and it gets weak, though, it fucking hurt. It, yeah, my shoulder hurts. Yeah. And, and then my right hand, too, for some reason started a little bit. But no, man, it's... That's how we know we've to, entered a new stage of life. Yes. You know? Like totally. When the word, when the big A word comes out. Yes. I know. Damn. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, you're... So with Wine wine with Tesh, uh, the live stream tasting uh, is one of my favorite features, I got to tell you. We did it a couple times where there's a box every month. I believe it's still $100. Um, yes, sir. And then, yeah, every two weeks you taste uh, online with Tesh, these two wines. He talks to you about them, sourcing, everything. You get, yeah, stories, questions, all of it. So yeah. recipes as well, I believe. We do, yeah. I email out a recipes or at least like a, a suggestion on what to make for dinner that night to pair with it. Um, really the dopest thing is, is that like you get to hear some fun stories along the way. So uh, everybody's always talking about like, you know, like 
Like, I, like for, here's an example. Next week at the Sutter Club, I'm doing a private tasting for one of the members. Uh, and I told her, like, this is what I typically do. You know, I'll talk about the wines, the history, the varietal, what's cool about it, some tasting notes, and then, you know, what it could pair with. Um, and she was like, can you just not focus on the history part? Because I just feel like people are just going to zone out and not care about it. Oh, man. And I was like, you know, I feel like you probably um, haven't worked with me before. And, uh, you know, one of my one of my things is is that wine is fun and we can make it fun. And the, the moment that it starts becoming boring, like, why the hell are we even doing it? Like, well, what's the point at that point, you know? Um, so, so, yeah. So, I... Yeah, we do talk about the history and stuff, but I do want people to know that it is, it is entertaining because we and then I always have like a guest on, right? Totally. Uh, and we, you know, a big part of that is that I won't have a guest on who I know is just going to be bleeding boring. So totally, I've only done a handful of like winery reps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even think I've had a winemaker on yet. Gotcha. Uh, because most of them, yeah. Uh, you know, they're entertaining for like you and I because like we speak the language. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, but for like most people to sit there and listen to a winemaker going on and on about like yeah. how he planted the vines Bricks at four harvest. feet apart. Yes, right, exactly. Yeah. Three passes through the vineyard. Yeah. The soil oh, yeah you know. I no, I like all that. I like all that. stuff. We like that stuff. Cause it, I like cause yields it, it tells and us, I like, yeah, for us, like it's that that's a part of the story of the yes. wine, right? It took all that hard work to make this product and we appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate that and I want people to learn to appreciate that, but you know, you gotta take baby steps to get a hundred percent. No, the history can be fascinating and it, it really, comes down to terroir absolutely and history is a big part of terroir like what's been done with that particular place because that's terroir again people uh wine people or not but yeah terroir at least for me is just literally everything about a place that makes the wine what it is right quite literally quite literally everything everything the microclimate yeah how it's different from this vineyard to the next vineyard down the way you know literally down the way yeah can can be completely different soils or yeah microclimate that gets sun exposure in a weird way that just changes everything i mean yeah no it's it's so so, it's so fun for you for for anybody who's followed me one of the big one of the wines that did really well for me uh early on when i had launched the business was carmel roads panorama uh vineyard and they call it first row right so not only was it just the panorama vineyard but then it was literally the first row of the vineyard and they took they recognized that this particular row the very first row in the vineyard is uh special and it's unique so they bottled it on its own accord and it was killer and all the other carmel road wines even the panorama vineyard is like or panorama uh it, it wasn't quite as good this was this was the one and it was like hey yo they recognized some potential in that particular mm-hmm. so this is where this is where wine people geek out right also we're drinking a 2012 mira from uh monterey county yeah and it's actually pretty it killing. is alive yeah. it's very much alive it's 12 and it's yeah. 14 5 alcohol and it is fresh yeah. like it is juicy the acid is also there like the fruit is really beautiful i was like, expecting some tertiary notes like yeah. some secondary notes and it's like really kind of no, i know it's still I, like bright and fruity it man. is i know they're they're there to give it a little funk but like no nowhere near how much you as you'd expect no, it's really, really good. Yeah, for an almost 10-year-old Pinot. This is one. You're a, um, yeah, Mulvaney's. When I worked at Mulvaney's a while ago, this was a wine we sold a lot of. We sold Mira, and that was one of those Pinots that just blew my mind. Yeah. You know, it was uh, it was really delicious. Yeah, I only got introduced to it when um when I I had left Classic. Uh, 
literally uh, about a, oh, a little bit over a year ago. I left Classic, had started Wine with Tesh, and then uh, good old Steve Varno. Uh, Steve Varno was Steve like Steve <laughs> Varno. Steve Varno. For for all the RIPs, the restaurant industry people, right? As as Andrew likes to say, Varno's uh, like, where are we going to get biscuits? Right, where cheddar are we, biscuits? Are we gonna go get some? Uh, we, yeah, Varno, we need to go go to Red Lobster and get some cheddar biscuits right? soon. It's been far too long, right? No, so I had just started Wine with Tesh, and he had brought me Mira, and I was like, I hadn't even heard of this. And then, you know, he told me about Master Sam Emmanuel mm-hmm. being the uh, the owner slash winemaker, and I was like, well, it's got to be pretty decent, right? So he tasted me through all of them, and I was like, yo, the Santa Lucia Highlands yeah. was really good. Yes. Uh, and then this was one of those wines that, like, I just kind of uncovered. This is delicious. Like, I don't think I've, I haven't had a Mira. This, I, don't, I don't think I've ever had a, a Mira that had nine years yeah. on it, ever. Crazy, I don't think, right? Yeah, no. Always, always drank it young. Yeah, same. Same. No, it's delicious, man. I really like it. So I'm I'm glad to hear that you like it. Mm-hmm. I know that uh I know that you, you tend to appreciate like burgundy style yes. a little bit more. Um and this really isn't that, but No, I, it's I'm, not, but it, like I said, the acid is great. Like it it's is. very it's delicious. It's very well balanced wine. Like I like balanced wines and for, you, sure. I, for me I usually find those more in Europe. Right, for sure. But for sure. You know, or at least that's not that's probably not fair. Uh the wines that I find from Europe that are balanced, I can generally find them for less money than domestic wines. It's more of a value thing for me. 100%. On the European side, you know. Um, nah, man. Drink this Napa Cab, bro. I, drink this Napa it's Cab. It's expensive to drink Napa Cab. For $85. <laughs> yeah, and that's not Yeah, and that's not generally my style. So. I just I just put some Napa Cab used on the to website. Be, that used yeah. to be my style. It used to be all my style, and we, then your palate changes sometimes. Yeah. It does, man. It does, man. You start to appreciate things. Like, I was just realizing the other day, like, I grew up despising pickles. And no like, shit. I, I, me, and I st- me too, actually. I'm there I with you. I still don't, like, love them, Yeah, but, like... If there's some pickle in my tuna salad, like, yeah. I'm all right. That's yeah. cool. Like a little crunch, a little mm. bit of the pickling totally. flavor. Totally, yeah. And I think a part of that is probably the restaurant industry, right? Absolutely. You you, you have to try these foods. You have to yes. try them. And every chef does a pickled something at some point. Yes. Right? And I'm down. A, yeah. And it's I, like, all right, yes. try it. Veronica and I both, like, on the sour side, on, like, the savory, salty, umami side, but we both, like, like sour, sour, sour things. There's kimchi always and just, you know, stuff. Yeah, and good pickles and pickled veggies, and then uh, curtido, which is like what you get with pupusas. It's like oh, the yeah, shredded yeah. slaw, like that stuff. We, Veronica made that uh, a couple times, and it's delicious. Like I, I can eat that every day. Like probiotic, it's so good. But yeah, man, I love that stuff. And I used to hate them. No, I used I ate I ate like I ate like a autistic child, which is kind of <laughs> what I was a little bit. But that's what I ate like for a long time. Uh, yeah, I think until I was fifteen or sixteen, it was it was incredibly just bland and just yeah i'm safe and strange so all right so hang on you so you mentioned kimchi okay yeah and uh one of the things is like you know i waste a lot of time on right now is tiktok Heard. and uh it, it, that's why it's fucking called tiktok right tiktok you just wasted half of your fucking day all yeah, right it, it's um, i don't i have never really allowed myself to look at it just for that reason because literally you look at it once and it's like it's over you'll like, be literally. like let me watch this 60 second dumbass video and then you'll be hooked. and the stuff i've seen is amazing like the quality is great on yeah, some of no, it some for, of them are actually quite incredible yeah right absolutely and then you have like these celebrities that just have like teams of people that just like help them make their tiktoks and i'm like bro who who can even fucking compete with jason derulo who's got like almost a billion followers and shit like wow yeah and he and he, he makes cool videos they're high high quality like yeah. Yeah, anyways um Fair. the reason why i brought up tiktok mm-hmm. is because you mentioned kimchi and i saw this video of this family uh the sale family song family i can't remember exactly what it was but they um 
the guy was he made himself like a big bowl of rice and he piled on a bunch of kimchi and he's like eating it and i was like yo that looks really good except that this like they just kept i don't know if it's like a cultural thing like he would fill his mouth up to the point where like he would like like when he's chewing the food is in the side of his mouth i'm like why the fuck do you eat like that like what your food is not gonna go away yep heard you haven't even finished the fucking bite and you're shoveling more into your mouth. Like, what the, do people do that? Is that just. It could be a way of being polite, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't. I am not familiar with that at all, but, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I just, I mean, I guess I didn't, you know, and it's funny. I got teased. You know, it got me thinking. Mm-hmm. I got teased by one of my uncles when I was younger. Oh, snap. Yeah, because he was like, man, you eat like little girl bites in front of everybody. And I was like, I'm going to take some big man bites. Fuck you, bitch. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, Absolutely. Right? Got yeah. To. Yeah. Got you going to make fun of me? No, yeah. man. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was funny. I was like, man, like, yeah, this is big ass bites, bro, of kimchi at that. Like, I like kimchi. I'm not trying to take like big ass. No, it's bite. a very intense it's flavor. It's a very intense flavor, flavor. profile. Yeah. yeah, flavor flavor profile for sure. No, I like. No, it's it's an accent, right? Like for me, like, but I don't know. But I'm also not Korean. But no, I no, we love love pickled things, love kimchi, but. Oh man, this is fun, brother. I am enjoying it. Yeah, man, me too. This is dope. This, I mean, honestly, I just like it's cool to just even just be hanging out. It's almost kind of surreal because we are literally just hanging out, but with just a microphone in front of us. Yeah, hundred percent. No, this is exactly as as we do. Restaurant. See, this is a restaurant people thing, and that's why podcasting. I think restaurant people. Yeah, generally great it would be are great at it because generally i mean restaurant people are generally funny like because they're kind of dark a lot of times man we really <laughs> and you, are and you dude. get and you get the humor from that and people are funny and witty because you have to be to protect yourself on some level when oh, you work in restaurants sure, forever man. right like you have to be okay hey man you, you we were talking about like hey like you know what makes great stories right mm-hmm. here goes a great story for you all Hit right me. dude on uh on Friday night was like our big wine sale, right? We do two a year at the Sutter Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was the first one that like I put on. Like, I mean, like I made sure I like I had the vendor list. I organized all that. I put the the wine catalog together for all the everybody to order their wines and everything. So it was a lot more organized than this event has ever been in the past, as I'm sure you can. I'm, I, it sounds relaxing already hearing hearing how that was set up because it's know, nice going in and knowing the plan and just having all that. So you're not frantic looking for it when someone's on you like i want to give you money and you're like you look like an asshole because you're like oh wait i'm making it hard for you to like pay me like no that's people don't like that like you want to buy shit and and i can't do it because you can't do it because like somebody didn't do the legwork it happens like there are it's also just a bad it's bad look you know it is it is so so we had the wine sale it was dope we had we had like 200 people show up i think i don't know it was a big number that's great man i I had i had a great time because you know you do all this hard work and set up and then the night of i was like i the night of like i don't want to be running around putting in orders helping people exactly i'll deal with things that they come up but like for the most part, the night should be a breeze for me. You yeah, know well, I mean? you should be, and when you should, you should have time to go talk to the guests, the members, and just, yeah, and check in, and just yeah, no, be how, there, be there. How for was them. it? How Absolutely. did you like? Exactly. You know, what did you order? 100%. Let me see, right? Like, no. so that was my focus. Anyways, the end of the night hits, and like everything is cool, right? And we we hit this point of the night where I don't even remember exactly what the person was trying to get my attention for. But I'm I'm talking with an, a set of members. It's probably like four or five of them, and we're having this conversation. And some had to be a little white lady, man. This little white lady comes up, and she looks at me, and she's like, "Hey, hey, hey! You know why can't we get a bottle of wine to drink outside?" And I was like, "Oh, it's a liability issue. You know, we don't really do that anymore." 
because we've done it in the past and it's it's really it's it's a huge liability issue as a license holder. That wasn't a me decision. That was a general no, right? management no, decision. That's like 100 million right? percent. Yeah, and he was like, or I should say, they they were like, hey, you know, uh, we can't just do that. So the vendors got to take the bottles home with them at the end of the night. We can't just just hand them out uh, willy Yeah, right. That, that, that's much more old school. Like it used to go it, be able to totally go that. It, it yeah. used to be able to go that way. And you got to yeah. like, you know, at a certain point, it was like, hey, man, you've been drinking for a few hours. Yes, there's. In these previous events, there was 250 plus wines. Jeez, right? There's that, no shortage no. of wine. At yeah. this one, we had 160 wines, and that was dialed back. Yep. You know. So man, which is still insane, right? Yep. That's a lot of lot of fine wine. Well, so, and you and I, being professionals, know that you. I mean, you're drinking half that many wines. You have to spit, and even then, you're going to get drunk. And even then, you're probably going to get yeah. slightly faded. Yeah, absolutely. So. Wow, that's a lot of wines. So this lady comes up to me yep. and she's like, hey, you know, I don't understand why I can't get a bottle. And I'm like, you know, I'll be happy to deal with that in just a moment. I'm, I'm having this conversation. And uh, she hits me with one of these. Let's go, man. Get it together. And I looked at her and what? I stopped. And I stopped. And I was like, you know, and this is me. Big brown teddy bear. Big brown huggy yep. bear. As yes, Veronica sir. likes to put it. Yes, sir. Uh, I look at her and I'm like, I know you did not just clap at me. And she was like, what? what, what? No. Well, I was just trying to get your attention. And I was like, look, man, you are not going to fucking clap at me or snap at me like, like I'm your fucking dog. And she got real. She Ooh. was like, she was like, no, no, no. Like I didn't. She got really apologetic, right? Okay. Well, that that's speaks well. And I appreciate, I appreciate yep. the apology, the totally. immediate apology at that. And I appreciate her owning it. And she was very apologetic. But like, man, dude, yeah. y'all out there who are listening, but when and if we post this, yeah, the reason why people aren't going back to the restaurant industry is because of shit like that. Yes. Be better, humans. Treat humans better. Yes. Fucking. Then we won't have a fucking shortage of employees out there. Because it's brutal, dude. Like I don't, I don't think people not. But I've heard from. Okay, let me take it a step back. Okay, uh, labor shortage and just impossible to hire in general. From what? Yeah, literally and it's not across, just restaurant no, industry. It's, that's that's it's the thing. everywhere. Yeah, it seems that way, and I don't know if it's worse in the restaurant industry. Like it feels maybe that it. For me, just my just personal anecdote, like a lot of back of the house people, like for for people like yeah, front of the house is servers and people who public facing, and then back of the house is generally kitchen, right? Right, right. So back of the house people, a lot of them there were jobs and they kept them, and people who didn't, like they went and got other jobs that probably paid better. Not yeah. to be not to be you know to be honest about it, because kitchen jobs are paying better now, like from what I understand, and they were paying like garbage for decades and decades and decades, right? right. So a lot of back of the house people had no financial incentive to ever come back yeah, and also what? the stress why, why in the fuck would you want to be a cook right and, and yeah the love of the game i guess is is what is the answer but but uh but then front of the house people right sales generally like public facing they went and got other sales jobs right yeah and you it know? was the move man yeah i mean and it just it was because so many because the restaurants closed forever and you can't wait around so restaurant people yeah a lot of them i think got out and that I think that is one of the reasons we're seeing, yeah, just the shortage and people like literally closing days and having to close days and losing one key employee and restaurants having to close, you know, for half their like it's just it's insane. Yeah. Like what I'm hearing from like just everyone is so stretched, so fragile. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And, and and also restaurants are busy. Like yeah. uh, I went back to work at Waterboy uh, serving 
uh, in April when we reopened. And yeah, no, it was like a Friday, Saturday night, every night. Like we were busy literally every night for months and months and months. Everybody and, was stoked to get back out again. It And, and yeah, and this going back to that, what that story you just told, um, in April and May and June, I would say, going into July, uh, everyone was ridiculously gracious, like all of our guests. I would say Waterboy is lucky. Like we have generally, I think, more gracious than average guests just because just like at, I think that's just a thing. Part of the culture and the people who would go there, it just seemed that way. Like right. people were lovely uh, just the vast majority of the time. Um, and even more so when they got to come back after being cooped up and being able to experience the food and the dining experience and the ritual and the, you know, like right. being, being out amongst people, humans again, the whole night. Yeah. And then they, there was a, I think it was in July and I talked to other restaurant people at other restaurants about this and that honeymoon period kind of ended around there and people went back to, uh, being a little bit more entitled for sure. And I think that's natural. Um, but I also didn't think it went as far back maybe as it used to be some years ago when, when all, when restaurants were opening all the time, like everyone was, it was just cutthroat and people had tons of options and it was low cost and relatively. And yeah. So I think, yeah, I think there's more gratitude. People take it less for granted. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's, absolutely. that was my read. I don't know. Maybe if you could speak on that as well, no, like no, where, no. What, I, what your take on that is. I definitely agree with you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that that, that is a, a, from a general perspective looking in, right, like that, for, from like a guest perspective, right, like for sure, right, that, that feeling of, uh, of being grateful for it. Yeah. It, it came, it came, it was strong for a little while. Then, yeah, and then it went totally. And, and then it went away and it was like, man, I can go to any fucking restaurant. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Well, no. Know. And like I said, at, I just... My experience, Waterboy. Uh, yeah, again, and a lot of the places we've worked, I think that's generally the case. Like, because you, I mean, yeah, I've worked at, in town at least, just, I don't know if people know, uh, probably most people don't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, no, I worked at Waterboy 10 years and then uh, managed at Hawks uh, in Granite Bay and Taylor's Kitchen before that. And then I waited tables in Mulvaney's for some years. And I know you, Kitchen before, right? Before you were a wine rep. That's right. Yeah. And then Ella and then Mort. Uh, before Ella was Piotti. Piotti. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. for two years. Uh, and then before that, yeah, it was Morton's for like five. And you were you were management first and then saw him after? Or were they kind of the same? It was uh, kind of the same for me. I kind of They both happened at the same time. Kind of simultaneously, yeah. right? I mean, I, I had uh, I was managing the beverage program while I was the uh, AGM at Piotti, which was my first like real management gig. And, um, and then when I went to Ella, um, you know, I had all this experience managing a cocktail program and a wine program from Piatti, be it a very small program compared to Ella. Mm -hmm. But then um, Ella was like, <laughs> it makes me crack up even just thinking about it. Ella was like, hey, man, <clears throat> can you uh, can you help us with our non-alcoholic beverage program? And I was like, if there could be a record scratch right there, there would be. But if I was like, you want me to order like coffee and soda? And, <laughs> and, and I was the, like, and the Diet Coke, and they were and the like, yeah, no, but they were like, yeah, man, like I know it sounds silly, but like you know, we just we could really use some help, you know, just right. to get just getting it under control. And I was like, well, All right. that's that's a that's a I was professional like, request. Hey, like, man, no, absolutely, 100%. man, like yeah, yeah. I, I'll do it, you know. And I told them I was, like, I will, I'm happy to help. I will do that, but you know, I do want a piece of the wine program at some point, you know. Like I'm, I'm good at that too. 
you know and i had i at that point i had was a level one certified psalm yep. so i think in their eyes they, at that time right there were so many level twos yes who were sl- like 100%. circulating no, through ella absolutely, right absolutely so they were probably like who the f- is this guy yep. great great manager but who because f- this guy right um anyway so then like when my one year anniversary at ella had come up um they had some transitioning happening with people who had been at the kitchen for a long time and um, their song position opened up and then they came to me and they were like, Hey, um, instead of, you know, you blah, 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 like doing this thing at Ella, will you, uh, Oh, thanks man. Instead of you doing this thing at Ella, will you, uh, will you come and help us uh, manage the program uh, at the kitchen? And I was like, all right, cool. Nice. Let's do it. Yep. And so, uh, you know, that came with the pay raise and everything. And uh, the day they officially made me the offer, I signed up for a level two exam. Uh, and then four months later, when I took the exam, I passed. Sweet. Yeah. That no, was in the, the kitchen. Yeah, the kitchen is the kitchen. It's like, the kitchen, it's, man. Yeah. Like, wait, who, if you get an offer to take a position at the kitchen, fucking do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, especially at that point in my life. Like, you know, I'm I'm looking back at it and I'm very grateful for it because uh, it was certainly an experience, and I was very happy to have been there. Um, but you know, it's look, a, no, it's it's I'm, it's, I'm a, it's, a, man. it's a machine, man. It is. I'm it's a family a man, dude, and like, I, but the family man, the, the family mans and restaurants, yeah, they're they're like kryptonite to each other, man. Yeah. It just is a very very 100%. complicated relationship. Oh my lord, yeah, no, it. Uh, yeah, the only way it's worked for me generally is if the person I was in a relationship with, and I. Yeah, I have a family and it's a little not yeah, it's it's great. Uh I love it and it's not quite traditional and that's completely fine. Like it works great for me and for us. Uh and also I've never had that. I've never been like a full-time parent in terms of being like the primary caregiver. Yeah. You know, like I had to deal with it in terms of being in relationships with people who have opposite schedules at you. And if someone's going to work at 9 and you're and getting off at 5 and you're going to work at 5 and getting off at midnight, uh yeah, seeing wh- each other on the weekends only, that is not sustainable it's not, in my experience. It's not a good long-term solution. No. Like, it really is not, right? Yeah. And um, uh, very lucky, very blessed to have been uh, in a relationship with somebody who was very understanding and very forgiving of that notion. Yep. Um, because, yeah, man, it was it was a lot of uh, away time. And so yeah. now we see each other all the fucking time, and it's like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get it, and you get to the flip side, and you're like, oh, man, all that space was nice. Heard. <laughs> oh, my God. No, it is. It's a, it's a weird love-hate thing. Like, no, and it's because the swings are so intense. Like, holidays, oh, my God. Like, for you especially. Like, I, Hawks was the most, like, probably hours I ever put in. Like, salary, just they just on a weekly basis and the holidays there that was intense uh my general manager worked insane hours like i worked hard hours and he worked insane hours which was amazing but yeah hawks was my first management job the problem was is like they hired uh this was like i think fall of 2008 and that's when the financial crash happened right and right. so hawks is in granite bay and there was a lot of people who had paper money you a, know like, a lot of people there probably like that lost was, lost a lot yeah, yeah that was, lost it was a, a lot and that was our primary demographic. In How terms did all of who, those rich people survive, man? I, it's, it was, uh, <laughs> it was tough. It was, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, no, it was there's it was the thirty bottle of sh- dollar bottle of Chardonnay as opposed to the <laughs> the flowers or uh, yeah, no. 
but no, it was brutal. Uh, I only ended up staying there for six or seven months. Um, there was a plan for them to open a second location of Hawks uh, in Midtown, like before they opened Baby Hawks, uh-huh, which yeah. is great. I love, I love the the Hawks in Midtown. It's really, really good. Uh, but there was a plan to do that a long time ago, and then I was going to train at the one in Grant Bay, and then move, and because I lived in Midtown, and I was going to go there, and then obviously the market crashed, and none of that happened, and just the drive up there, the commute, and just uh, some other things. It was just, uh, it was just rough. But, but yeah, I learned a lot. Like Mike and Molly are very, very, very good. Um, I love them as people, man. They they are no. genuinely like great people. I see them. Uh, you know, first of all, just to be just to be recognized by people who are owners in this business, yeah, right? Hundred percent. Um, it means a lot to to even just have that kind of mm-hmm. relationship with people in this town. Yeah, and one thing for me, I just realized it. Um, but I mentioned Waterboy, and then the kitchen for you and then hawks so yeah mike uh molly obviously a huge part of it uh mike my experience is generally takes the lead in the kitchen yeah um but mike is one of the best chefs i've ever met and then kelly mccallan also at the kitchen and one of the best chefs i've ever met yo dude both those guys technically in terms of their technical skills and ability and just knowledge of like deep knowledge of cuisine is really uh and then also the ability to execute at a high level uh and then rick who i worked with for for 10 years like he's also for me one of the best chefs in town. For me, those are three of the best chefs that I never I never worked for Kelly, but I mean working you know, for man, Mike and, I, yeah, and Rick, no. like for me. And there are a lot of talented people. I mean, you always have to you have to talk about Billy, of course. Like you have to talk about Of course, man. I and mean, this isn't Casey. to rule anybody out, right? I mean, I just never no. got to work with Billy. I, exactly. You know what I mean? No, I haven't and I haven't yeah. either. But but I've heard about Kelly and I've eaten his food a bunch of times and um and just heard about him from Veronica over the years and he just no guys. Kelly Kelly a is pro. a real one, man. He's he's a goddamn professional. Yep. Um I appreciate the hell out of that dude, man. There's, you know, you work with a lot of people and a lot of different personalities when you're in the restaurant industry over the years. Yep. Uh, and then you work with somebody who operates on such a high level uh, and it makes you better. You know what I mean? And like you can, you can say whatever about whatever. Kelly fucking made people better. You know what I mean? Yep. And um, yeah, no, that's real. There were, that's, it's, more rare than you might think. Yeah. Probably just in life, not just restaurants. But yeah, 100%. 100%. And, um, and he was one of the few chefs, man, where like I could go to him and I could ask him for fucking the weirdest shit. I could go into the kitchen and be like, hey, man, I need a grilled cheese with flaming hot Cheetos in it, right? But can we elevate a little bit? Can we put some like blue cheese on that shit oh, or like man. some, uh, some, I don't know, man. Dirty. And can Dirty. we, can we shave some truffles on it too before we oh, drop it? Yes. You know, and it would be like the ridiculous shit like that. And I've never actually asked for that specifically, but Kelly would just be like, yep, no problem. We'll make it happen. We can do that. You know? And, uh, I, I appreciate that so much because you, you know, just as well as I do, like you work with some chefs or some, People who are in the kitchen, they're like, I'm not going to do that. Uh, that is soul crushing when you're front of the house, when you're dealing with public and right. you have to go back and say, we could do that. And actually we're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like we it can hurts. make you, like and we it, can make you a burger at dinner, Yeah, but we're not going to because we fucking have some kind of weird. Yeah, totally. We have some kind of weird, like ego, ego trip over yep. being able to get a server burger. 100, 100, I don't even fucking understand it to this day, man. This is one of the things Rick is great at, Mahan is great at, and he's like, if we have it in-house like, and we can do it, then we do it. So you mentioned burger. This is a funny thing at Waterboy is Waterboy has a burger at lunch and not at dinner. 
we don't serve it at dinner because literally the meat gets ground there, like the buns baked there. Like it's an entire process to make this burger what it is. That's a good just, fucking reason. And you though. can't take it like out. You can't just take it and throw it together. Like it actually has to be set up to be what it is because it's one of the best burgers in Sacramento for sure. I think it was number one on TripAdvisor for a long time. Actually, it's literally my favorite burger in Sacramento. See, like it is th- so. That's a legitimate reason, though, good. Andrew. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? agree. That's I just that needed to mention that. That is such a legitimate that, reason. Because if I didn't say that, people listening to this, knowing Waterboy trying to get that at night, would have been like, whatever. No, for sure. But that no, that is a quality control thing. It's just the way we do it. Like there's very high standards, and like you can't meet those just on the fly. Also, if you call a couple days in advance, like we will have that for you. Right. Like, yeah. So again, you know, it's that again, like, Rick, that's how you know. Rick going above and beyond yeah. to make sure that people are taken care of and they get what they want as a sh- to, he knows to be stuff, front of the house. He knows it's a business. Right. right absolutely. And when you to be front of the house and work with a chef of that caliber mm-hmm. who understands it, like, hey, man, I'll do what I can for you. And if you just give me a heads up, I'll fucking cook whatever the hell you want. Yep. You no, know? that's ideally how it's supposed to work in theory, right? It, we both, again, know that it does not work that way in practice all not the time. Always, but, not always. But no, those are the, those are my, that's the most relaxing people to work with for me. You they know? are. Like, the, like, no, and then you have their back and rep their food and like take care of everything and make sure people get what makes them happy. Right. Not what they think might make them happy, but what maybe you what think. What actually makes them what, happy. What they actually are going to be happiest with when they walk out the door and they remember back on it like that, as opposed to like maybe what they're in love with ordering at that moment. Like, no. Right. Also, I mean, yeah, no, steak tartare is raw. Like, I'm just going to throw that out there. Like, I can't <laughs> tell you how many times I've oh, served steak tartare and people order it. Like, they, they, they are fully aware of what it is. And then it shows up. And then, no, it, then it goes away with untouched and you have to throw it away. Right. And it's just, no, it is raw. It's raw meat and it's delicious. And yeah, no. I feel very grateful that I have never run into that. Oh, it has happened to me so many times. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate, too. I mean, no. And if people actually tried it, but again, it, like breaking cultural norms around food, like what you're used to and weird oh, textures sure. and all those things. Like you can't ask people just to, sure. just to jump off the deep end on those. Like it's just not, that's not realistic. I just smacked the shit out of the mic because there was like a fly or something. Perfect. In front of me. Nice. <laughs> like, uh, hopefully it can take it. No, it should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mic man. test, mic test. Well, can I, uh, how about, let's, all right, let's talk future real fast. Like all what right. do you think, you think we look back a year from now? Like, do you think, like, what do you think changed? Like what changed do you think? Do you think you're in just in terms of what you're going to deal with? Like at the Sutter Club and your your business like i'm gonna go back to waiting tables here pretty quick uh, a couple nights a week probably so i'm just kind of trying to think about what i'm gonna be jumping into like yeah for sure um man i don't know dude i i hope that uh a year from now for myself uh you know still helping out in some way shape or form at the sutter club because uh, i like the arrangement that we have right now with me nice. being there part-time yep uh and not having to commit you know my entire schedule to it yep. I, I think that's dope and then it just gives me an opportunity to be in a dining room. There's not really any replacing being in a dining room. That's true. When, when you're a psalm, you know what I mean? Like, No, it is. You're you're less tied down, and it's more about, yeah, you can put on a show. Yeah, right? it's like it's in the moment. It's like, well, hey. the kitchen, right? You got you got experience running the show. And oh, if it's for fun sure. And if it's fun to, to be part of the show, then it's fun to be part of the show. Hell yeah, man. And, like, that intermission at the kitchen for me was, like, the highlight of one of my highlights of my career. Uh, to be able to get up in front of people and pitch beverage in a comedic way 
and have people go absolutely apeshit and spend a sh- shit ton of money on it. Like, what? Why was that a thing? And why was it so successful? Why was that good? I don't know, man, but it was dope as fuck. And I was, uh, for anybody who ever bought a fucking $400 glass of McAllen, God damn it, thank you, man. Yeah, I need to, I want to highlight this because this is very impressive what you, uh, what you did. How many bottles of McAllen uh, M did you, uh, over the course of my three and a half years there, we had, we were on bottle number nine. Snap. At $400 a glass over the course of three oh. and a half years, mm-hmm. which is just to me, like, I just think back on it. And I'm like, that's kind of fucking bonkers. Like, that's a lot of McAllen M, man. Yep. No, dude, that's amazing. See, I've never. Yeah. Places I've worked, they've always been very, very good and just not. I mean, Hawks, obviously, is the exception to this. Right. Where we had where we had quality, where we had things like that. It's hard. It's hard, man. Putting that much money into a product like that and sitting on the shelf like that's a, that's money you could be doing other things with. Like that's that's oh one hundred percent. I mean, you know, you're you have a lot more experience in terms of managing beverage programs uh, than I do for sure. But no, just yeah, no, and and real businesses that stay in restaurants that stay in business pay attention to inventory. Yeah. Would you? Would you? Would you? Will oh, you speak 100%, on this? Oh, one hundred percent, man. Will like, you speak on this, please. One hundred percent, dude. If you're not looking at how much you did in sales versus how much you spent on a month to month basis. Right. Like, what are you even doing? And if you don't have somebody in that position who's your buyer, who's paying attention to how much product is rolling out the door versus how much they're ordering and managing that. You know what I mean? Like that that's a real thing. How much money you have tied up in product on premises that you're not that you're not going to make money on for some time. Yeah. And it's so crucial. It's so crucial to um, to place trust in that person, but also understand that that person uh has faith in what they're doing you know what i mean and then delivers on it that's the biggest thing because like uh joe vaccaro i think like for the first few months when i was at the kitchen he was like all right man like i kind of believe in this guy you know i'm rooting totally. for him i yeah. like him 100 um but you know those first few months it was like what'd you order why'd you order that what did it replace all right all right, all right cool and then after like three or four months he was like, "All right, man, I ain't even worried about you. Like, you're gonna sell it." Totally. And I was like, "All right, hundred cool. percent." So yeah, it it takes it takes time to earn that and trust. I'm, and I'm sure Vicaro had other priorities at that time as well. Oh, so. <laughs> Vicaro always has Vicaro, man. If you're out there, man, I, I hope you smoke some weed and just relax for one night. Oh man, um, me too, he, Joe. Man, me too. I, I love you, man, but I know you work your ass off, right. dude. Nah, no, but he no, they good team, good great team, team. great yep. team. And Vicaro is the man, dude. He's the man. So I, I knew that Vicaro was the man when he told me that something going back to Ella in the non-alcoholic program. He was like, man, the coffee tastes slightly weak. Slightly weak. And I was like, all right. So he tests the grinder and he's like, oh, yeah, the grind is off. It was off by like an ounce and a half. Bam. An ounce and a half. Yeah. No. Like he noticed that in a pot of coffee. And I was like, boom, dude. Yep. Like that is some gangster ass shit. Like how? Nope. How? How? Res- how did he know? But yeah, no. He he's respect. Great palate. Mm-hmm. Great guy. I love his demeanor when he's upset. It's terrifying and uh, <laughs> and, and respectable at the same time. Oh man, he gets really quiet. You yep. Know? He starts talking like this. Oh, and then that's when you know. Yeah, you know you fucked up, and then he'll avoid eye contact with you, you know, and then he'll slowly just process his thoughts. Come back to you real slow. You know? Oh, I think man. next time. You are a can... piece of shit. <laughs> very quiet, very right? restrained. Right? No. 
He made me feel that way once only because I never worked with Vicaro. But the first bridge dinner, actually, he uh, he did publicly shame me in front of a bunch of people. Oh no, did he? Yeah, it was oh, unf- uh, it was a rough day for everyone, and like just a bunch of people were getting drunk, and it was just it was it was a party. It was fun. It, it went very very well. Um, also, it was just very. The first one was very very stressful. Just yeah. And again, bridge dinner, we didn't get all the things we were supposed to get. Like, that was the first one. That continued every year. I think, I don't think one year on the bridge dinner beverage team, we got literally everything we were supposed to get. Dude, did you hear anything about how this year's bridge dinner went? Because uh, uh, a lot of us didn't work it. Yeah, we did not. No, like, a lot of the people. This, was, this yeah. was my first year. I did not work. I know you didn't work it. I did not. No, we worked the first one, all the first seven, and then never. Yeah, didn't work this one. Uh well, okay. No, we should be. I should be honest about why I didn't work it. Um, I believe, um, yeah, Jack from Canon, yeah, ran it. Uh, Jack is a smart guy, operator. Um, hope he got the support he needed to to do it. Uh, I didn't really hear a whole lot about how it went this year. Um, but you and I, like, we helped run it the last like you know three or four or five years, right? Like we were like on the like. It was Reed and us and uh, ER yeah, on the man, last you know, one, right? Like, yeah, we, we get we get into some gangster shit. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? we, yeah. we, yeah, no, we, you and I basically, and yeah, no, we just, yeah, and we had like the team, and like we filtered in and out. Like we were both soldiers in the first years, like just you know, Psalms on the team, but then yeah, we just ended up helping run the thing, and we had a great team, obviously, and all those people coming back year after year for the British Center was phenomenal, and we it was really great. Um, right, right. But what happened was is that I just I got an email pretty late about it, and it was just basically like, hey, we saw you worked. The last one, uh, are you interested in helping out again? And it's just, I don't know. Maybe I just, maybe I was just being a child and just being like too ego driven, and I just took it personally. You that, felt like the approach was kind of like, Meh. uh, yeah, like they didn't care and that they didn't even, yeah, um, had no knowledge of it at all, and it just basically is this thing where you go through the motions and ask people to do it, and they show up and kill it, and it just kind of works that way. Uh, I just felt, yeah, maybe I, I just felt taken for granted a little bit on it. And also it was on a weekend where I already had stuff planned because I got late notice and, and yeah, it was just not, didn't, it just didn't seem like something I should change around to, no, to man, you know, no. in terms I, of priorities and Andrew, stuff. I think that that's a good reason, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe, I don't know. I just, yeah. It, and seven years is enough. And then there was COVID year where we didn't do it. And that was just the break. And no, there's now there's time for other people to take over it. And, that, and I'm sure they're going to do a great job. So. That was me, man. I was like, I was like, you know, we've been, I've been doing this for a long time. I, I didn't do the first year. Eight. I'm pretty sure I came on the second year when I mm-hmm. had, uh, it was my first year at Piatti. Yep. I think they made you a captain too your first year, just threw you right in, but I don't know. Nah. No? Did they? No, no, no. No, no because I had worked one year. Um, I had worked my first year at Piatti, uh, and then the next year I had done it again, and then Joe had called me and was like, hey uh worked with you a couple times at the tower bridge come to ella and i was like shit i'll be nice. there in two weeks Sweet. and uh no but so the the whole thing with the dinner for me for this year was like man i have done it for six years you know like i'm it's a long day i'm done bro it is a long day man and like if you have we we're talking about like the severe arthritis earlier and hundred like percent. That, no, that, yeah. that's that's also one of the, the reasons I didn't want to do it this is year. Not, not forgiving on your feet, yeah. man. Even if you wear comfortable sneakers, yeah. with your get up, like yeah. it still is very very brutal. And the weather and just the heat or the cold, the wind, just all of the stuff. It's just like I just no, I just maybe I should have done it. I just didn't feel yeah. I also, I, maybe I my maybe I was it. offended. Yeah, maybe I was just offended that yeah, they're just yeah. I I asked for more money. 
Fair. I, I got the email and I was mm-hmm. like, hey, could you tell me what I made the last time? Because, yeah. you know, I do X, Y, Z this time. Yeah. Right. And I've come a long way in my career. Yes. And I feel like I should snap. I should probably make some that more. That is completely rational. Sounds completely rational to me. Right. And then uh, and then they just didn't respond. <laughs> Maybe I should have just handled it. That You know what? Man, that's a more elegant. They were they were like, not. they, they uh, didn't even respond. They were just like, nah, man. No. We're, we're, yeah. No, you're just one. Of, you're just you're just one of the workers that shows up and does this thing, buddy. Like just just you like know? all of us. So hey, no, I hope it went well. I'm I'm curious for anybody who is out there who who is listening. Um, did you go to the Tower Bridge dinner or did you work it? Boom. Yeah. I exactly. Mean, Love yeah. to hear. Let us know because we're just curious. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, the rain has stopped. First rain we've had in Sacramento. It seems like in quite some time. It is. It smells so good right now. Right. Like just that clean, fresh air. Yeah. Oh my God. Love it. So yeah, man. Life is good though. Like life is good. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go back to work, but I have projects I've been working on. So it's uh it's been good. But uh yeah, no. You said I'm, that you're gonna get back into the waiting game. I think so. Is there is there any uh chance you'd be willing to share where you might go? Uh or is it too early to say that? It is too early. I haven't even I haven't even started to talk to people. Okay. So that's yeah, no, I have one or two places in town maybe, and then otherwise I'm literally thinking about like applying someplace in Napa on the close side to here. Like not not far Napa, but like relatively close Napa. Yeah, yeah for sure. And just driving a couple of days a week. I don't know. That just sounds I would learn more. I think I would learn a lot uh working in napa just seeing how they do it there like i've I've worked in sacramento like the last you know how decade plus just something new like it would be challenging you know because i mean i worked at waterboy for 10 years and you continue learning and also the pace slows down an incredible amount like you stop learning as much and if i when i go back i would like to go someplace where, yeah where i could where i could just be a soldier i just want to be a server i don't want anyone to ever ask me to have, to have keys like i never am going to manage a restaurant again in my life like it's just wouldn't be good for me so I find it admirable when people go at length to get better at their craft. You feel me? Like I do. So I, I, I just I say that just fully, just like it's admirable that. that like you want to go to Napa because like you want to get better at what you do, and it's going to be a new challenge for you. No, and you there's places, I mean? and there's places here in Sacramento of that quality, like and that caliber. I'm not saying there are, there are not, and I just personally, uh, yeah, you work in town a long time, and you just there's just places where you think it would work for you, and there's places you don't think it would, and that's totally fun. For sure, it's well, more, I mean, yeah, Na- more Na- of that. Napa's just got so much more yeah. history, man. No, and I have I have a lot of respect in terms of for fine dining, a lot of respect know? for a lot of people doing a lot of things in Sacramento these days. Like that is yeah. for sure. Like, Sacramento it's, is definitely on hot. the map. No, it's great. No, it's Sacramento. It's, we see you. We love you, baby. Yeah. And all you uh, restaurant owners were and chefs who are fucking out there busting your ass to make give us dope-ass places to go eat yep. and work and experience. We Fuck. see you. We appreciate you. After the last... All of y'all. Fucking 20 months, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Even, be, even through all of that, you gave us all a reason to fucking look forward yeah. to fucking yeah. amazing cocktail programs and amazing... Uh, aesthetics when you walk into a dope ass dining room, you know what I mean. And may pints of to go cocktails never die, right? <laughs> may Man. may that continue forever. Give, may give all of the outdoor of a... dining be yeah. stay and be licensed and be perfect forever. Let everyone use all that, <laughs> make money on all that shit they spend money on the whole time. Absolutely, keep all of that flowing because restaurants, yeah, it's something like fifty percent, forty fifty percent Yelp reviews uh, or on Yelp. Yelp did a report. Or nationwide, it was literally something like forty or fifty percent of all restaurants closed over the last, you know, twenty months. So 
That's crazy. It's brutal, dude. It's been it's been it's been terrible. It's been rough. Is, is Yelp still around, bro? It is. Like, do people still use that? I believe so. Yes. I don't think it's maybe as influential as it once was, but also that might just me be me wanting that to be true. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you know, Yelp is a terror to restaurant people, like front of the house people. I've had people. I've known people that got suspended for a week because of a Yelp review. Like literally suspended for a week from work because of a Yelp review. That's crazy, right? That is insane. No, it's insane. Like absolutely insane. It's, yeah. You know, and I it used yeah, and it's and also you can game the system. You can pay money and change the shit. It's just it's whatever. It's bullshit. I'm not a fan. I would go at the restaurants I worked at. I would obviously go look at Yelp every once in a while because if you see the same complaint four or five times, like even if people are wrong about most things, like they're not wrong about that. Probably you know right. that's no, what I would for look sure. for. Yeah, you look if you for see patterns. Consistency yeah, in the issues. You, you look for patterns. Yeah, right. that's then, what I would then use there's Yelp like, for. There's some validity to that issue yeah. for sure. Um, it's the one-off ones that were like, we're like, we're like, you're mentioning, oh right? Oh my God. Uh, one of them for me wasn't even a Yelp review. Like I, I got a, I got a guest complaint that like, we didn't go above and beyond that. I guess this guest really wanted a cherry pie. And then we sat in a manager meeting and talked about how we should have gotten this person a cherry pie for like an hour. Oh my God. And I was like, guys, can we just fucking literally just go, yep. hey, next time, get the person the cherry pie. All right, next on the checklist. Boom. Why do we need to talk ad nauseum about this fucking thing for an hour? Ah, man. God, meetings. Yeah. I, I, don't, meetings. Do, I don't do well in meetings. Meetings are meeting. man. I, like, I'm not, not good at that. And like you know, like I'm I'm in management again, so I have a meeting I, every week. I yes, I'm one meeting a week. I think I'm very on the same page as long as people move it along, and you're you know like so you're not I will wasting say that, time. Right? Like that's yeah. great. I will I say mean, that I, they are very very good at, at the setter club about like man, like we got shit to talk about. Let's talk about it, and then you I know, love that. Yeah, let's everybody get on the same page, and then that, and then they're like, we got shit to do, so let's just Boom. let's just go. Right, you know, people are busy. Yes, yeah. love that. No, no, that that is that is great. Um. But P&L meetings, like, in long, just crazy. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I just, it's, P&L meetings. It, it's, I well, don't miss those well, at I all. Have, I have had this ridiculously weird career where, like, I almost never had to do inventory. Like, I did have to do the schedule multiple times, but not, not but, I mean, schedule is not that. You're not, lucky, man. Not you that never tough. had to do inventory? Not really, no. And then also, in terms Damn. of running a wine program... I always went places where there was already someone who was very serious about having control of the ordering. Like sure, that's sure. just the way it was. And I was, and fighting that was not going to work. So I generally never had to do ordering either. I was mostly like floor some, and then I would just taste and be part of the tasting team and just like to put what we would bring on. Right. But I didn't go play. I never worked places really where that position was open, that responsibility. There's always someone who had been doing that, and that was just the way it was. And you, and that was just, yeah, it was the way it was going to be. So, so yeah, I have this hole in my uh, in my knowledge on that. Like I would, I mean, I would obviously, if I ever ever had to do that again, which I doubt, that I would just ask someone like you, and you would set me up, and it would just be a system, and then you just learn the system, and then ideally. It works, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, have, I'm sure it's hard. Like, I'm, and I'm, I wouldn't be very good at it. But the ha- having the system in place is, is insanely helpful, man. It really is. Um, well, you're very organized. Like, you do a great job. Like, well, yeah, I mean, you, all your places that. I've gone. No, your sellers and just the way and just all of it. And it's just dialed. It's just very clean and professional. I mean, you know, I yeah. Uh, and thank you for acknowledging. I appreciate you saying that. I well, do it takes think, effort. I do think that a, a, a big part of like being efficient. Uh, is being organized right like for being for any place or like you have to have some kind of system in place that just makes sense so like you can't just like 
like we had so many members at the Sutter Club. I mean, sorry, so many staff members at the Sutter Club who would like walk into the cellar and like wouldn't know how to navigate the cellar. And it's like you guys already have the system, just nobody's using it. Nobody's been trained. Nobody's gotcha. Been, no, nobody's 100%. brought you down here 100%. and been like, hey, this is how to use this. Yep. Um, and so that that just became my focus was like let's just let's just fine tune the system that's here. Perfect. And then train the staff, but it is it is an important part of uh, of running any program. That's great that I worked that way for you because then you already had management buy in because it's the way it was supposed to be going, right? right? You didn't have to convince anyone; it was just like pulling back to a standard. Like right. that that is definitely helpful. Yeah, building new systems is tough, and no, and I have some friends and just know some people starting some businesses now, and yeah, no, there's, I don't know, man, it's a tough it's a tough game, for sure. This is a lot of work. It's a lot of it's a lot of nitty gritty work behind the scenes that I think most people don't pay attention to. Like, I have a lot of stuff. My, my staff was, like, busting my chops one day. And they have been, to be fair, right? Because, like, all they see is, like, the dude who shows up in a suit. Yep. A couple days a week. Yep. Tells people what to do and just sells wine and then does a lot of tastings. Right. Right? So they see. That's what they see. Yes. But then they don't see me, like, at the computer answering invoices, making sure that product is dialed into the wine list editing right? wine lists can Edi- be such a pain in the butt. editing wine oh. list just making sure that everything that we have and in reprinting house- and literally the time it takes just to do that sometimes is insane. Right. like yeah oh my god yeah, yeah ch- swapping out pages and wine lists man like this is stuff like that that like all the pricing has to be right i mean because then you're losing right. money leaving money on the table right or pissing people off maybe because you charge them more than you should have or right. you're losing money because uh, no all it's yeah, no, it's tough. And one thing it seems to me is like a lot of restaurants uh, that I've that just people I've talked to just any kind of money they have to put into the restaurant generally lately, especially the last six months, I would argue it has to go back to the house because finding kitchen staff has been ridiculously hard. Oh, it's insane. Finding front of the house is very hard. Finding talent people with kitchen like real cooks is impossible almost it, it seems. is it is so i just i've seen a lot of people and they're they're dialing back and i also talked to a rep or two over the last months i was doing some tasting as well and you know jay clon jonathan clonicky uh we were talking and he uh Loved him. just tasted me, with no, him a few days ago I, I love the man and uh no he was just talking about how he thinks much more in the future is going to be possible just to order based on your reps and just breeding emails and lists as opposed to just feeling like you had to taste all the time because I think a lot of us felt like we were supposed to be, yeah, we're, to, to really know your list, you do have to be tasting all the time. You want to be changing things, bringing in fun stuff. You got to know your list. And a lot of, like, a, it just seems like a lot of people want a lot more samples these days. And a lot of these reps, like, their their sample budget dropped, like, for sure. Like, maybe right. the same, but they just, no, they can't. You, it's not going to be the same anymore. It's going to be much easier and just beneficial, probably, if people just literally maybe take it a little bit less seriously just because the money isn't there to pay the staff for sure man like all this shit costs money man so much so what's funny about you saying that is actually i i had mentioned to quantity because we we there was a couple of wines that i had wanted to taste we in my email i think i didn't phrase it very well Mm -hmm. so he didn't end up bringing them and i was like hey man let's just taste them next time and he was like all right cool so i'll pull the samples and i'll let you know when they're in and and then we'll go from there and i was like awesome and then i was like you know what and like Let's make sure you build a day out of it, because the wines that I'm requesting to taste, bam, they're they're a little. Thank you. They're like pretty unique to what 
my needs are and what I need those wines for. So let, let's make sure that you have a day where those minds make sense and you're not just coming for the sake right. of my You worked for classic. All right, you worked for classic. Will you, t- will you, elus- will you I think this is important for people like in terms of the business and repping and stuff. Like, will you just go into why maybe building a, like why you have people build a day around certain wines? Like, Right. So, okay, look. Look, the wines that I'm going to go to go show like the buyer um at ella and i'm saying it that way just to be generic but we all yep. know it's nick mallon nick yep. we love you you, yep. you are a boy 100 percent. uh but like the wines that i'm going to show to nick at ella are going to be wildly different from the wines that i want to show at like cantina alley you know what i mean uh, yes and both of those were my accounts so now is that classic yep you know what i mean totally like yeah, like you gotta know I'm, your audience, right? I'm just not gonna show the same wines at two different accounts, wildly different, and like I can't pop open that many bottles justifiably. Yep, you know what I mean? Because you have a bu- monthly budget, right? Of right. You, of samples you can pull. Like you, you, you can like no wine reps when they're going, they can only show you have a certain to be number. Wise with exactly, it. And Corvins to, work. Yeah, to a degree, they are not foolproof. They're not great. They don't they don't hold it forever. Like that's not real. I mean, but then that's another expense. You know, like Corvin system, but yeah, no. But I think but you what work, you said there you about for Kwanaki, a good, yeah. If you work for a good distributor, they'll take care of you mm-hmm. with your expenses. The thing is, is that we have so many small portfolios that have dope ass wines, yeah. Where the the sales reps work solely on commission, yeah. So they have to pay for their gas, totally. they have to pay for their travel, Brutal. they have to. It's fucking brutal, man. And I, I feel bad for them because. Yep. They end up leaving these places eventually because it's, they realize after a year or two that it's not a long-term sustainable thing, even if you are doing a shit ton of business. Yep. Because you're hustling for every You're hustling sale. for every yeah. fucking dime. And it's like, man, you really got to get in with a distributor that has enough um, that has enough underneath their belt to really provide you a salary, at least a base salary, and then pay you the commission to make up for it and then pay you reimburse you for gas reimburse you for miles yep. uh whatever it may look like right they really just need to go above and beyond to take care of you yep no 100 um, percent. and uh everybody's so hungry to become a rep from like the yep. restaurant industry i know it looks so the, looks so so sexy from afar it does man and so that's why like sales reps are never in shortage you notice yep. that right yep. that's one of those things like they always have enough yep and right. then one thing, too, about those small portfolios, like if you make an amazing placement and then there's only 100 cases and someone buys 50 of it on someplace else and you're that, then you lose it, right? Like, then, then you're it's gone. gone. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you made Now you got to find something to replace that and one. And you don't get to milk that for months or yeah, like years, no. right? It doesn't yeah, just hang not around on the list. They're reordering it. Because they can't. And, they make your, and then, then they're angry maybe because they loved it. And now they have to go find something equally good at a great price, which is going to be hard, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and then to throw the other wrench in it, right, they probably only, only order three to four, five cases at a time. Yeah, uh, if you're line. lucky. Yeah. No, if you're lucky. If and that's on lucky. a good day. Yeah. If you're lucky. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's brutal. But no, I think just in terms of what I'm seeing, like just I read, I yeah, neurotically research things. But uh, I think I think we're going to yeah, I think you're seeing it already with the ghost kitchen thing. And then also when I look around at the the wait, night, hang on, don't breeze over that. What's uh, the, the ghost kitchen thing? Ghost kitchen idea is this idea where you have basically a kitchen in a shipping container. You drop it literally anywhere. It's hooked up to the internet, and it's basically all automated ordering only for delivery services. So oh. you have zero. You don't even have a window. Like it doesn't even exist as a restaurant except online. Like it's only delivery. Okay. A hundred percent delivery. 
And so what that does, it cuts down on your overhead. So it lets you deliver food at a lower price and still make a better margin because literally you have a shipping container and probably two employees in there, maybe three, but probably only two, maybe only one. And that person, yeah, as long as everything comes up and it's really easy to do, you can time that out and you can have food to go and you sell. Yeah. So that it, it, it's an interesting, it's really funny. One guy who got big into this last couple of years is uh, the ex CEO of Uber, Travis Kalanick. He actually got into this. Uh, they're doing, they have a project in San Jose, I believe. Um, but I think you're going to see a lot more of that because it's going to be hard for restaurants that have to have staff and like pay for like a floor and bathrooms and toilet paper and lights and like literally everything you have to pay for for a restaurant. Right. Shipping container. Yeah. You don't have any of that. You literally have two humans and literally in the next 10 years, one of those is gonna, like those are going to be computers. Probably they are going to be robots. They're not even going to be human cooks, but that's fucking insane. Uh, yeah. Well, it's not that hard to make a quesadilla, you know, people it turns <laughs> out will pay eight or $10 for a quesadilla to be delivered. So hey, yeah. man, if it's a good fucking quesadilla, hey, right, 100%, you know what I mean? no, you don't care if a robot made it. No, it's uh, it's crazy. But I think you're going to see much more of that um, just because the logistics make so much sense. And then like and then I think the other that's like the far like low cost end of the spectrum. Right. I think you're going to see a lot of movement there where like people undercutting Chipotle and places like that because, you know, that you have to because it's hard to compete with Chipotle or, you know, for something like that or any of these other fast casual chains. But then I'm seeing like uh, the fine dining places that made it. They are busy from everyone I'm talking to. Um like well, Waterboy's not the only one. Like also, Chipotle sounds hella good right now. Oh, uh, does yeah, right. No, I would. So I would, does the chicken uh, quesadilla. Chicken quesadilla sounds delicious. Like a verde. Chi- I'm I'm a big fan of verde verde quesadillas. Fucking dirty ass barbacoa quesadilla. There's oh, a place near the house, dude. dude. The little cup of meat of juice. Oh my god, it's so dirty, bro. Barbacoa quesadilla. Are they open on Sunday nights? Uh, probably. We could we could I could call after yeah we could call <laughs> after this for sure. A little snack. <laughs> But no, and I, I and I think uh, yeah, the wealthy, uh, the one percent, however you want to talk about it, the 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 people that make the most, uh, they like nice restaurants. They have, will have the money no matter what happens with the economy. And uh, yeah, no, all the all the higher end restaurants in town seem to be doing very well. So, and that's just now. Like it could go. I mean, this is this is ephemeral. Maybe like I'm not saying it's going to last forever, but but yeah, it seems like everyone everyone who survived. Uh, the purge, <laughs> the restaurant <laughs> purge, the COVID purge, uh, seems to be doing well. Uh, that's so, such a funny way to yeah, put it. It's the fun, purge, dude. Man. Oh my god, it's what it the felt purge. like. Like reading about it over COVID, just sitting stuck at home because I didn't work for a year and two weeks. Um, yeah, and then I went back and uh, and yeah, and then left Waterboy. It was ten years. It was just time. Uh, I love that place. It's one, yeah, it's probably my favorite restaurant in town. So yeah, just. But yeah, and just yeah, love Rick. So, and just the team there. It's like it was the it was, yeah. When you say family, like you know, restaurant family, like I felt that more at Waterboy than, yeah, than most, pretty much anywhere else I worked. It was just high quality, crazy people. Yeah, for you sure. Know? Like we get that in restaurants. You know, we get to work. Like that's one of the things Listen, in man, restaurants. E- even if you don't, even if you don't vibe on like the same like level of service right they do eventually become family on some level because yep. you are in the trenches together yep you know what i mean and any any and, person um, can bring down the whole team on any night if yeah they, they really you can, know man. it's like generally they that's really true can. and it's it's what's amazing to me is like to see the the uh the change in uh in your in the relationship between 
like you and staff members, and I mean, like I say you, but like I'm talking about me, yep. me and staff members, the change in relationship is, is so unique to me because I think that when you come in as like, all right, at the Sutter Club, right, there's a lot of Indian staff members, mm-hmm. like nearly all of them. And you are? I'm Indian, yes. right? So like my my family's from Fiji, half the population in Fiji are Indians. We are technically Indo-Fijians. Um, so it's interesting to come into a place like that and, and one be suited up. Cause then people are like, Oh, who the fuck is this young guy? And I say young guy very loosely. I'm heard. You know what I mean? Yo, that, that, that face doesn't age, baby. Come on. You, you, you still got <laughs> it's, it, baby. It's the brown skin, yeah, baby. You, you it's the got, brown you skin. It. You got it. But, uh, but you know, I got a lot more gray hairs now. <laughs> I, uh, myself as well. But yes. no, like they, it is a thing where like people kind of look at you and they're like, it's almost like a sizing up thing. And it's not even specific to like the Indian, th- like the Indian side of things. I feel like anywhere you go as a new staff member, when you come in as the quote unquote leader, they look at you like, who the fuck are you and why should we follow you? And they should to some extent, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there was one night, uh, probably like four weeks ago now at, at the Sutter Club, where like 15 of the 18 tables needed my attention. Oh and my they, and God, they, one of those. And they ordered uh, wine at every single one of those tables. Oh, uh, that's and so logistically all, very challenging. Yeah, yes. all night long I was running, 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 running. Making this person money, making that person money, right? They pull all their tips, whatever. But still, making people money, right? Yep, that's the game. And so uh, the end of the night hit, and they were like, yo, like you were busy. And I was like, yeah, this, that's actually what I hope every night becomes like. And they were like, yeah. I was like, man, if I come to work and I have to hustle like that, that means that we are doing something. Like, 100%. Let's do that more. 100%. I hate going. I hate working and it being dead. Like, I other people are better at that than I am. I am. I'm not horrible, well, but I'm, but I'm not great at it. It makes you check out more. And I make that's the only time I generally would make mistakes was when it was slow. Like it's. I was just gonna say, man. I think that's, that's a, when the biggest mistakes yeah. happen is when it's slow, it's and so then silly. it becomes worse because then the guests are like, "It's slow as fucking here. How'd you fuck that up?" And you have no excuse. You're like. <laughs> Cause I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Pretty much. I'm That's, so yeah. sorry for the suffering. Yes. Whip yourself. Take the t- put on the hair shirt right. and whip yourself. Like <laughs> mea culpa, mea culpa. Yeah, no, it's no, but I love it. I yeah, 20 years in at this point, uh, and no, it's uh, yeah, no, I I have enjoyed my time. I will. Yeah, it's great. I don't know it's something about the culture. It's something about the ritual, like the eating together ritual, and just facilitating people eating together and having that be a meaningful thing. It's a very old human thing, eating together, right? Like one of the oldest human things. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know, for some reason I really, I really enjoy it. It's, it's good. The team has to be good. Obviously the culture has to be good, but I mean, it's, it, it is great when it's, when it's fun, it's fun, right? When, it, when it's fun, it's and when you're Yeah. When you, it's flow state too, on some level, there's this idea of flow. Uh, it's a psychologist like some years ago, but it's basically like when the athlete gets into the zone or you get into the zone, right? That's, yeah. that's flow state, right? And this guy, I think if I'm explaining it correctly, that happens when you're at the peak of both very, very interested and invested in something and then also pushed to the very edge of your abilities or past. Mm. So you have to be pushed all the way and past, and then you also have to be incredibly invested and interested. Right. When you got those, both those things, then you, that's, and for me, when I'm waiting tables, like that's when you look down at 530 and you look up again and it's 1030 and you sold like three grand and you're just like, and your body hurts and you're just, but that, that, 
that time is it, it's different though when you when you like when you were waiting that night oh, right man, yeah you're you're you in have a high. to because you don't have time to think of every step the, yeah. the next step is already in your mind somewhere and every time you're done you're immediately pivoting because you don't have time to stop you, and think two or three seconds about what you have to do. You ever start a night where like you're limping because your leg or your foot hurts, and then halfway through you realize that your limp is gone. Yep, and it's because you don't even have time to so process the fucking pain. Percent. You're just like I'm in the fucking I'm zone. So, I'm doing yeah. something. Like I don't give a fuck if I'm limping or not. Hopefully you're not fucking completely weeded and just getting your ass annihilated right just but completely then, behind but then the end of the night hits and you're like oh shit yeah my foot hurts God. and you start limping again yep yeah man that's a real thing dude that's when you start looking around you'll be like yeah that's right i am uh i did good tonight you know are you not like, entertained uh, right are you not entertained exactly 100 <laughs> percent. no and you never and you can never let the guests see you uh suffer right no yeah no not at all you can limp in the back you know you didn't smile no and and waiting to waiting the movie waiting like there's a lot of great things about that movie but the 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 insane angry uh little server who uh who just like goes back in the back and is just like swearing and angry and then goes around the corner and it's just peaches and cream (laughs) no it's the we all we all have we all are that way on some level that's why it's that's why it's so great oh for uh, sure (laughs) and so you clap at me right oh 100 until you clap oh, at me 100 100 and, and the, and the 100 percent you know what the funny thing is too man i, I feel like I've, I've hit that age in my life where like i will i could not have respect for myself and even and when you have kids too it'll also change the perspective too right because 100 percent. like i looked at the whole situation post it happening and i was like i'm never going to be the type of person who, who's going to let somebody be like I need something now yep. and me be like, Oh my goodness, what can I get for you? Right? If you were standing alone and you didn't whatever, then that's fine. But no, you're talking to literally four or five other humans. Yeah. Like there's a I'm thing be happening. With you, Andrew. There is a thing happening here. I'm, yeah, no, for sure. I, yeah, but I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Even if they did it to me and I was standing, oh alone, no, the clap. Oh uh, no. no, okay, no, no. Getting your attention and not having yeah, that, you, getting not my be, attention is and one not thing. becoming immediately the priority. Right. Like, no, the clapping is always out of bounds. I, 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 I communicated badly. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but no, no, if you were just standing, like looking at something, and someone came up to you in that situation and wanted a bottle of wine. That would become a priority for you, obviously, because you're a professional. That's your job. I'm here for you, baby boo. What can but, I do? But then if someone walks up and you have four other people, then they're only 20% of what you're responsible for at that time. Like your job, you have to 80%. I mean, give me, and, and there was already obviously interest in conversation. It's just, that's unfortunate. And also, you know, people drink and alcohol makes people say it really does stupid shit. It really does. So that they one- regret. I am, I put myself first in the world on this. Like when I say things when I'm drunk that are just idiotic like no and i feel like an asshole afterwards but you know what though andrew you're also the first person to like call back and be like hey yo i acted like an asshole last night Uh, thank you and i'm really sorry i've tried to be better about that the last years (laughs) you haven't you've never had to call me the next day thank god i was searching my memory there for a second i know that you're the type of dude i try to do that now own your shit and like you know really own it you know what i mean yeah and um yeah man just Trying I, to, yeah, just try, I don't know, man. It happened to me at the kitchen one time. Oh, yeah? Somebody snapped their fingers at me. They were like, uh, yes, sir, can you, uh, da, 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 da. and I was like, hold on, time out. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, what? And I was like, no, 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 time out. I'm going to get your order from you. Did you just snap your fingers at me? And he was like, oh, uh, 
did I? And I was like, yeah, yeah. you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. And <laughs> Oh, man. And, and he was like... He was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. He was like, hey, man, look, I just needed to order. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to take a lap around this dining room. Yep. And make sure that everybody else is taken care of. Oh, man. Okay. And then by the time I take my lap and I come back, I'm going to need you to think about how your mama raised you. Oh, I. Okay. I love this story. I got to tell I'm you. I need you to think about how your mama fan. raised you and how oh, you in this brief moment felt like it was okay to snap at somebody to get their attention. And uh and they were like, "Oh wow." They were yeah, it was, they were like they were incredibly apologetic. Everybody at the table was like, "Oh, yep, shit. 100%. Just, just put you <laughs> on your place, motherfucker." Fair. Then Fair. I was like, "Yo, man." And I did. I fucking took a lap and then I came back and I was like, "No, sir." Is there something that I can do for you? Something delicious I can bring right, for yeah. you, sir, right now. And his whole tone had changed, man. And he was I like, bet. he was no. like, yeah, man, I, I would appreciate uh, it if you could bring me that. And no, that's... and I was like, yes, I'd be happy to. But do But what you so. said, what you, I want to go back to what you said about having kids and just you're at the point of your career and the, and, and it's a self respect thing. Like when I was younger and I was more impressed by these people Same. that I was waiting on, then Same. then maybe you you're like, you think you're out of line and then you get you to a certain over point backwards. Yeah, you do. And yeah. And then you get to a point where you're just like, that is unacceptable. Yeah. You don't and get that's to all. treat me that way. Exactly. And yeah. that's, and that's it. And no, there is part of that in restaurants. It's built into the culture for sure. For it's, sure. Uh, and I feel like less now, a lot of the youngins have very little patience uh, I, I shouldn't say that. I, a lot of the younger professionals that I've worked with over the last years, uh, yeah, have less have less patience with that than I had. I think it's less part of the culture now. Oh, for I, sure. ho- I hope that's true. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that, I, I think hope that, that's true. I mean, you just look at the times, right? Like everybody, we have to be so careful about what we say. And by, by the way, did you watch the new Chappelle uh, stand up? No, I should. You should 100% done. watch, watch done, it. Done, done, It's very, uh, everybody's talking about how controversial it is. And I'm like, it's really not that controversial, man. He, I don't want to ruin it for you. You just got to watch Perfect. it. Perfect. I will. So, next time. We talk about it next time. And I, but, I will but, watch that shit. I do think that the culture is changing. And I think it's moving in a direction of like, you know, we have to respect one, one another. And we have to understand that. Uh, and this is I'm taking this from the the thing. We have to understand that other people are having a human experience. And wow, it got real quiet after that, right? It's like, yeah, like people are having a human experience. Yep. Whatever the fuck that may look like for that individual is not up to us to decide. But we have to try to remember that we are all people. Yep. And we have to be better to treat each other better because I think that. All too often we get angry at people because we were dealing with our own shit and we lash out, you know? Yeah, that, yeah, I feel seen with that one. Less now, but I've, I look back on some times when, yeah. No, I was terrible with that, my own anxiety and just problems and angst. And, yeah, no, you, you make it someone else. You put it on someone else, right? You project it onto somebody else. Oh, yeah, and for no, sure, I, man. I try to be more self-aware about that now. At least I put effort into it, you know, because I was terrible. That. That, that's what makes you a good human being I, i'm better well i'm better better in restaurants than i think i've ever been just because i think i just made it okay so this is this is awesome and also yeah it was just so i left restaurants for a year a couple of years ago and then i was lucky enough to be able to come back and then um uh to Waterboy, and then COVID happened and i had a whole another year and and i really when COVID happened and and we were ready to come back in April, like I could have not worked. Unemployment was still still work. I could have just not worked, 
but I really wanted to go back um, this time, and it was it just felt like a choice. Like I chose out of freedom and just wanting to help out the restaurant and be part of it, make money, obviously, and just it's fun. And I just wanted to be part of the reopening after this kind of historic closure. Uh, but it, yeah, going back, I think it, it I just was able to make it a little bit less about me after COVID. It's just like my sh- bullshit was just even clear to me that it was less important right, than right. it should have been. Uh, and it had been for a long time. Cause yeah, no, after not working for a year and being forced to be unemployed, like you go back and you, I think, yeah, at least for me, it was, uh, I was able to be more grateful, um, for the job that I had. And yeah, that made me, I think, better. Like just, yeah, just, and I was just, I think, I, I hope, <laughs> let's just put it this way. I hope when I went back uh, for those last months that I was putting less on other people. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of people had some serious, deep changes uh, in themselves over COVID. You know, it was just, it was a traumatic time. For sure. And it still for is, sure. you know, it still is. You had to have come out of COVID, um, you had to have learned something about yourself over that year. You know what I mean? Yep. Like wh- whatever that may have looked like. Uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that everybody, I mean, I would hope that everybody after one year of whatever the fuck that was, um, you know, yep. came out and was like, Oh, like I learned X, Y, Z about myself. Yep. No, I, yeah, I'm kind of a high anxiety person and COVID definitely triggered my anxiety. It was, uh, it was, it was tough. So, but yeah, man, vaccinated now and not to be propagandist, but yeah, no, I got double Moderna. I'll probably get a booster just because, you know, someone close to me, like a partner, yeah, got COVID uh, some time ago and just, and was vaccinated at the time. So yeah, no, there's crossover cases still, like I'm still yeah worried about it. Like, I don't know. I think we are, but, but we also, we can't let everything shut down, man. We gotta, I mean, we shut down weirdly for that time and we're kind of all these different measures coming in and out and yeah just for for people in business and people trying to keep the lights on and employ people and provide services that we all depend on yeah i hope those people can have some some stability moving forward because it's been it's been fucking crazy no man the whole the whole covid thing has been rough man my grandma just died from covid oh no yeah she uh we had her funeral last weekend so sorry man Man, you know, life happens, dude. She was 81. Uh, she got COVID, and uh, her lungs shut down. It was. Uh, I got to say goodbye. You know what I mean. I got to go be with her. Um, well, I'm glad. I'm glad for that. And then, um, jeez. Yeah, no, man, it was rough, dude. That I'm is. not gonna lie. My dad passed away a few months ago. It's been a rough, weird few months of like self-actualization and self-realization you know what i mean like you come to these epiphanies about your relationship with these people who were so influential in your life whether they were present or not and yes you realize like how you are the way you are because of xyz um it's been a trip but yeah i mean like the the covid shit sucks and um yeah i got the moderna too yep there we go and and uh, you know it's uh, it's cool because like you know all the reports are coming out that like Moderna has like the highest. That's I was also stoked on <laughs> and that. And I yes. was like, "Fuck yeah, bro! That's why I got." Honestly, I would have taken anything. I would have as well. No, I was I was I was I was, I was chomping at the bit too. Yeah, uh, get man, vaccinated. I, I would have taken anything. But like yeah. they were like, "Oh, it's it's got the hundred uh, percent." Yeah, no, know. man, it's no been lucky so far. Um, yeah, 
we live in insane fucking times, man. It's going to get weirder. So <laughs> it really on, is. On that note, I love you. This has been awesome. Uh, thank you so much for coming over here and making the time. Like, Thanks for having me, man. Oh, it's been it's been awesome. Better than <laughs> I better than I hoped. How about this, that? This is a fun uh, hour and fifteen minutes about talking about the most random shit. This is restaurant indie, industry professional shit, bro. Like, R.I.P. Right when R.I.P.s uh, hang out, like R.I.P. Man, this is what we uh, yeah we often drink, and sometimes tobacco is involved and other things, and we talk about awesome stuff. No, man, this has been great. Um, and yeah, I would like to do this again at some point. Most and, definitely, uh, yeah, man. Most definitely. Now I'm gonna see if I can get the intro music to uh, to actually work. You ready for this? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it.